0: I get to start a brand new series today called Lemonade, all right, and I I love that title because I didn't come up with it, Uh, but we're going to be talking over the next several weeks, we're going to be talking about how to turn obstacles into opportunities. How, How many of you have ever had some obstacles in your life? How many of you ever had, to, you know, two or three things that kind of came up against you and seemed like uh, they were going to stop you and keep you from reaching and being and, and coming into the place that you wanted to be? Maybe, maybe it was, you know, when you got ready to go to college and it seemed like there wasn't any funding and nothing was there and, and everybody was saying, well, you're not going to make it, but you, you tried and, and you went forward and you worked hard and you got through it. And, and now, because of what you've done, because of the hard work, now you're seeing the opportunities that have been opened uh, in your life. And so here's what I found, is that really in all of our lives, if there aren't some obstacles before you, you really are never going to achieve what you want to see happen in your life. So over the next several weeks, we're going to be looking at different people in Scripture and how the obstacles that were in their life really brought opportunities to their life and how that they were able to really take lemon, and guess what? Make lemonade, right? Would you take your Bibles today and go to the book of Mark, the 10th chapter. And as they're doing that, let me say hello to our campuses this morning. My name is Eddie Couples. I'm the lead pastor for Love and Truth Church. And I am grateful today to be able to greet you and to come before you and to let you know that God is doing great things through Love and Truth Church. And I'm glad that you're part of it. So let's get ready to hear what God's going to speak to us today. The book of Mark, the 10th chapter uh, there's a story in there that I just love. I, I think it's a great story, uh, and I want to read it to you. Would you look there in the 46th verse, uh, if you've got your Bible or whatever you've got the Word of God downloaded on? Uh, and beginning verse 46 says, Then they came to Jericho, as Jesus and his disciples, together with a large crowd, were leaving the city. A blind man, Bartimaeus, which means son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside begging. Throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. Now watch verse 51. What do you want me to do for you, Jesus asked him. The blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. Go said, Jesus, your faith has healed you. Immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. Now here's what I want to talk about today. I want to talk about what a blind man sees. Think about it. What a blind man sees. How many of you have ever heard of Helen Keller? I would assume that's a pretty well-known name, uh, who was born uh, healthy. Everything was fine with her until she was 18 months old, and then she developed what some think was uh, some type of a high fever uh, that literally produced deafness and blindness in this child. And when you begin to study her life, her life is interesting, it's, it's one of those classic uh, obstacle overcoming and making opportunity out of it, and how that, that she literally uh, was able, even, even though she was blind, even though she was deaf, uh, she, she made such great strides. I mean, her, her life is unbelievable uh, when you get to reading about all the things she accomplished as a blind, deaf woman. But I came across a statement that I just love, and, and I, I'm just gonna read it to you. I didn't have it in my notes, but here's what, it, here's what she said Security is mostly a superstition. It does not exist in nature, nor do the children of men as a whole experience it. Avoiding danger is no safer in the long run than outright exposure. Life is either a daring adventure or nothing that's a blind person saying that that's a deaf person saying that saying to those of us who have all of our senses that hey you might be living a little bit too cautiously I mean as I was preparing for this it got me so excited I started looking at Harleys again (laughs) I just said shoot Let's go look at motorcycles again. I, I, I mean, there, there's this whole aspect that we miss out on uh, that, that so often in our lives, it, it's like we're blinded, we're, that things happening around us, and we don't know where to, where to turn, we don't know what to do, and it's like we can't see where we're supposed to go. And, and our natural inclination is to recoil inward, and to go hide in the corner and, and kind of say, well, uh, you know, maybe somebody will come along, pick me up, and get me out of this mess that I'm in. M- maybe you feel defeated by something that's happening in your life, and, and, and you don't see any way out. And it's kind of like, man, the, the, the whole world is closing in on me, and I don't know what to do, and I can't see that there's a way out of this. It's like I'm blinded by this. Well, I want to tell you, there's a way out. But what you've got to do is you've got to see in the midst of your blinded condition what it is that God wants to do. Now, this this is an interesting story that I just read to you uh, out of the book of Mark then. The, the, when, when you begin to study the whole ramifications of this story, you'll, you'll find some interesting, interesting things here. Number one is this, is that this was going to be the last time that Jesus ever went through Jericho. He was going to come back after this he was going to go to the crucifixion uh, he was going to die on a cross and then he was going to raise again and he was going to go into the heavenlies he was never going to come back through Jericho again and, and so that day there's this crowd that gathers they don't know that they don't know it's his last day but they hear that this rabbi who's been healing people been performing miracles all kind of great things have been happening they hear that he's coming and uh, and so they start gathering and there are throngs of people coming from all the villages around because they hear Jesus' is coming and they're following him and they're they're there and and all of a sudden this guy named Bartimaeus that I read to you about uh, hears and and he hears that Jesus is coming but but what's interesting here is that that he knows that Jesus is a healer he knows that Jesus is the one who is able to do that but in this moment he has to make a decision. Now, Now let me explain something to you. Here's the decision that he has to make A crowd means more money. No, you missed it. He makes his living by the amount of people that go by him. He is sitting there every day begging for alms, and people are giving to him because he is blind and they know who he is. On this day, he has a choice to make. He hears the crowd coming, and he knows that more people mean more money, and I'm going to be able to live better because more people are here. And you know what? What most of us would have done that day is say, Man, oh man, let's milk this crowd. Let's work this today because this is going to be the biggest crowd that's been here since the last big thing that came through town. And I don't know when it's going to come again. And I tell you what, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to look as pitiful as I can. I'm going to holler as loud as I can. I'm going to ask for people to give me money. I am going to get, man, today is going to be the day. He could have played it safe which Helen Keller says there's no reality in that. Or he can make a choice to say, you know what, I am not going to settle for what is safe and what is secure. Today, I'm going to believe that my life is going to be radically changed because I am not going to ask all these people for help. I'm going to ask Jesus For help. And all of a sudden, the blind man sees things that nobody else is seeing. Verse 47, look there. It says, Then they came to Jericho, and as Jesus and his disciples together with a large crowd, excuse me, verse 46, with a large crowd were leaving the city, a blind man, Bartimaeus, it goes on to say, which means son of Timaeus was sitting by the roadside begging, and when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout. He's seeing something. Now watch this. He's seeing something in this moment. Jesus, son of David, have mercy On me what is it that a blind man sees you say well he doesn't see anything he just you know he sees blackness it's just there's nothing there have you ever been in a total blackout situation have any of you ever gone into a cave and they turn the lights off I I went into a cave one time and I swore I'd never go again all right Uh, because they dropped me down into a pit uh, and it wasn't the going down that was the problem it was the coming back up it's easy I've learned this it's easy to repel down it's something else to pull your body weight straight up without anything to hold on to all right and 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 they turn we got down and they turned the lights off and there it was as you ever how many of you you've been there it feels like that darkness is pressing in on you. I mean, it feels like you can literally reach out and touch darkness. Now, that is what this man has lived with his entire life, and yet in the moment, he begins to see something, all right? The, the first thing that he saw is that he saw that his circumstances are dire. Uh, he, he, was in, he was in some a dire straits kind of place, all right? It, it was like, wait a minute, I'm in a mess I have been sitting here begging. I've been, been dependent on everybody else. I, my life is a mess. I don't know where to go. Come on, some of you kind of identifying at some point in your life. You've been there. It, it's like, I don't know what to do. I can't see any way out of this. And, and as he's looking at it, he goes, well, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty bad. I mean, I, I don't have income. I, I have to always ask everybody else to help me. All these kind of things are going on. So my circumstances are kind of messed up. So what do I do in this moment? Well, the, the next thing that he sees in this moment is that he sees that no one was able to provide a solution. There, there wasn't a doctor that could take care of his blindness. There wasn't a magician that could take care of his blindness. I mean, he he had been in this place for many, many years. And he sees that there's nobody that's able to help him. Come on, there are moments in our lives where there's nobody that can help you. Now, that's wonderful. I, I, you ever, have you ever gone through a tough time, and, and maybe friends came alongside of you, and they were there, and they fixed things maybe better? But, but there are moments. Th- there are times maybe you try to fix your marriage, and it just doesn't fix. There are times you try to fix your kids, right? You know what that's like, all right? I was told all my life, you know, you just get them to 18, they'll get out of your house, and then there'll be no more. Really? Who told you that baloney? You got them till you die, all right? And, and there are moments, and as they get older, there are those moments that you, you try to fix them, you try to get things right for them, you try to make things, and, and, it's just, and the, the, there's all these things that, that it's like nobody can provide an answer in that moment and so you you begin to see that and you say wait a minute i i i look to the left i look to the right look in front i look behind there's no help i've gone to the doctors i've gone to the lawyers i've gone to the best professionals that they are and nobody can fix this situation that i'm in but you know what else he saw he saw who jesus is in that moment when everybody else is seeing a rabbi everybody else is seeing a jewish itinerant minister Everybody else is calling him Rabbi Jesus, and they're saying, "Well, he's got some good teachings, and there've been some interesting things been happening." In this moment, you read the statement. Bartimaeus says, "In fact, let me just let me just read it to you." Bartimaeus begins to cry out, and he says, "Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me." Now that title, Son of David, doesn't mean much to us. But what he is saying, everybody else is seeing Jesus as a good teacher. Even his own disciples do not understand who he really is. But this blind man who can't see anything now sees that Jesus is the Son of David or that Jesus is the Messiah. And he begins to cry. What he is saying in our vernacular, he is saying, Jesus, you are God, and I know that you are able to take care of my need. See, some of us are in that place this morning where there's blindness all around, and we can't see any way out. But I want to tell you, if you can see Jesus for who he really is, all of a sudden the Messiah can show up in your life and He can bring deliverance to your situation. And so he understands that if Jesus is the Messiah, then He's also a healer. Because one of the things about the Messiah, the Scripture said there was going to be healing in His wings. And He understood that when Messiah got here, that there was going to be healing that was going to take place. And so in that moment, there is a transition that happens because He saw even though He was blind. Some of you are in a circumstance today. Some of you are facing some things today. And everybody else around you is telling you it's bleak, it's hopeless, and there's no way out. And it's almost like you have been blinded. But I want to tell you today, if you can just see what the blind man saw. If you can just see that Jesus is greater than your biggest problem, that Jesus is more powerful than the most powerful thing that's coming against you, that neither hell nor the angels of darkness nor nothing that's been formed against you is going to prosper, then you can begin to see your life being transformed. But let me say something to you. It's not just seeing it. Then you've got to act on what you see. See, it wasn't enough for him just to see, well, I know he's the Messiah, and I understand he's a healer, but now something has got to begin to happen. So let's look at what he does. Look in verse 47, uh, if you would. Verse 47 says this, When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Number one is this, he uses the only thing that he has, which is his voice. Some of you need to open up your mouth and begin to use your voice. The Bible says there's power of life and death in the tongue. The Word of God lets us know that Jesus came to this earth and that He began to proclaim things. He began to speak things. He began to say things. He said such things as repent or change your mind for the kingdom of heaven has come. And as He began to say these things, what He spoke created his reality oh you missed it in your life what you speak creates your reality when Jesus said it's not water but it's wine everybody is laughing at Jesus but Jesus has now created his own reality by his words and in that moment Water becomes wine because He spoke it into existence. You may not have a lot going for you, but you still got your voice. You may not have a lot around you, but you still can speak what God says about you. And that is, God says, I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Plans to prosper you. Plans for success and plans for your future. That's what God says about your life. And so what we've got to do is we've got to start using what we've got. I've got my voice. I may not be able to see the first thing, but I can still say, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me and come into my life and change what's going on. I'm preaching and I don't need to be. Look at verse 48. Verse 48, I'm feeling old school this morning. Many rebuked him. (laughs) Many rebuked him and told him to be quiet, but he shouted all the more, Son of David, Messiah, have mercy on me. Number two is this, he refuses to listen to the others that are around him. Come on, you always got somebody telling you to be quiet. There's always somebody around you telling you it's never going to work, it's not going to happen, it's not going to come to pass for you, but you just got to be willing to say, I'm not listening to you anymore. You are not going to control my future. I've listened to you for years, and as Dr. Phil says, where has that got you? I've, I've hung out with you. You've told me all this stuff, but you know what? As of this moment, I refuse to listen to the doubters. I refuse to listen to the naysayers. I refuse to listen to the negative people. I will not listen to you. I refuse your negative words. In fact, when you say those negative words, I'm just going to cry all the more louder, Jesus, Messiah, have mercy on me. See, in that moment, You move out of the safety of blindedness and into the place of adventure that's going to bring about your deliverance. It is when you make that decision. It is when you say, no longer am I going to be buffeted by what everybody else around me says, and and I'm not going to allow them. Listen, too many of us allow other people to determine our reality. No, did you hear me? We're we're allowed, well, you know, you'll never get ahead. You know, your family's always been poor, and and there's never been anybody in your family that's ever made anything of themselves, and you just need to settle for minimum wage. No, uh uh-uh. No, no, I'm sorry. Baloney on you. That's the best I could say in public. I refuse to listen to you. I refuse to allow you to determine what God wants to do in me. You tell me to be quiet, and I'm just going to holler that much louder. I'm just going to get that much more vehement because I have been in this place long enough. I've been blind long enough. I've been dependent on other people long enough. I've allowed my circumstance to keep me down long enough. But I'm coming out today, and I am not going to allow you to keep me from achieving what it is that God's called me to do. did you look in verse 49, verse 49, here's what it says. It says, Jesus stopped and said, call him. Huh? So they call the blind man, cheer up on your feet. He's calling you. Number three is, he listens for direction. See, that, that's all that I need. I, I'm, I'm the guy who you don't have to tell me what the end result is. Just tell me what road to get on. Just point me in the direction I need to go. He does, at this moment, he is still blind. At this moment, nothing has changed in his circumstances, but he hears that he is being called, and in that moment, he says, I'm getting direction for my life today. See, I want to tell you, when you begin to cry out to Jesus... I promise you, He's going to answer. And in that moment, He's going to begin to give you a direction. And somebody around you is going to say, He's calling you. He, he, he just called your name. He just said Bartimaeus. He just said Bill. He just said Sue. He just said, I mean, He, he called your name. And when He calls your name, when, when you're listening, remember that old song we used to sing, I'll be somewhere listening? I'll be somewhere listening. I mean, that's old school, right? But, but in that moment, when he calls your name, there's a directive that comes to you, and, and that now you don't have to worry about have you got his attention. See, too many of us are struggling with do we have God's attention? We pray. Come on, you ever prayed and felt like the heavens were his brass? The Old Testament talks about it prophet said I prayed and in fact David at one point he said he said I I I looked everywhere I looked up I looked down I looked right I looked left he said everywhere I I," he said I couldn't find God anywhere and if you've never been there I'll bless you I I I started I, I do I feel sorry for you if you've never been there because then you don't know what the reality is is when God pulls you out of that place because it's in that moment that that obstacle, it's in that moment that that lemon gets squeezed and now it brings lemonade into your life. Because it's in that time where all of a sudden I haven't heard God for a week, a month, or a year. But I, You know, Pastor, I, I guess I'm just going to quit coming to church because I don't feel anything anymore. Really? Are you kidding me? How long has it been? Three days? Really? Three days. Man, I've gone three years. I've gone, yeah, and I'm the pastor. I got it. I pray. I do my stuff. I do all the things I'm supposed to do. And yet there are those moments, there are those weeks, and sometimes I feel like there's those months and even years that it's like God's not answering. But in the moment where he speaks, All that they said was, he's calling you, and the guy starts getting up and saying, man, I'm going. Can can I give you a word, and I'll hurry up and get done? Uh, Get get this. All you need is a word. You you don't need a brand-new Mercedes. You don't need a brand-new house. You don't need your healing to be manifest in the moment. All you need is a word that says he calls you. And when that word comes that says He calls you, then in that moment, everything is changed. Because you're never going to be the same. When Je- Oh, i got to get done. When Jesus calls your name, your life's never going to be the same. It may look the same on the outside. Everybody around you may say you're still blind. You look, you look the same. You hadn't changed. But He just called my name. And when he calls my name, all of heaven stands at attention. Every angel comes into focus and says he just called his name. What's getting ready to happen? Because the angels don't know what's going to happen. They're created beings. Only God knows what he's getting ready to do. But when God calls your name, all the angels, you say, I don't believe that. Watch this. The Bible says that the angels are ministering spirits sent to minister on the behalf of the redeemed. The angels come into attention when God calls your name because in that moment they know that they are going to be dispatched on your behalf to do something for you. So heaven takes notice. Guess what? Hell takes notice too. The enemies of darkness take notice because the, the, the ones that are coming after you to destroy you, to kill, steal, and destroy, know that in the moment that Jesus calls your name, that He's getting ready to give you life and it more abundantly. So you've got to get ready. When you hear your name called, it's, it's over. The, the situation... <laughs> Come on, I got to move. Situ- but I want you to get to when you don't have to see the miracle. You just have to hear the voice. It's settled in that moment. In the Garden of Eden, God told Adam and, Adam and Eve, to- and so the serpent said, "You're going to bruise his heel, but he's going to crush your head." Four thousand years go by, but it's settled. It didn't look like it, but it was the moment that God said it. Some of you have been holding on to some things. God called your name years ago, and you still haven't seen the fruit of it. It's settled. Don't worry about it. It's settled. As of this moment, you just need to reassure yourself what He said. He who has begun a good work in you, He will complete it. Verse 50, let's get it done. Throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. Number four is he leaves the old behind. The cloak was the sign of a beggar. In that society, beggars wore a distinctive uniform, a distinctive cloak. And in that moment, what he is saying is, This is over. I'm never going back here. That's who I used to be. I used to be blind Bartimaeus. I used to be the junkie. I used to be the woman that had five husbands. I used to be the drunk. I used to be the guy who was addicted. I used to be the person. But I am not that anymore. And to show you I'm not that, I'm going to take off my old and I'm going to leave it right there. I'm not going to walk up to Jesus with beggarly clothes on. See, y'all right? Some of you need to change your mentality. You keep walking up to Jesus. Oh Jesus, could you? Oh, I'm so. Oh, oh I just beg I just plead. You're not a beggar anymore. Come on, lay your coat, lay that begging coat aside. The Bible says that you are an heir and a joint heir with Jesus Christ, and you have the right to command things to come into existence. And the Bible says that when you declare a thing, it is so. Man, I, I sometimes, oh, help me. I, I, I sometimes hear people praying, I want to just smack them. Oh, Lord, could you, would you, please, oh, God, I mean, have you ever had your kid do you that way? I mean, I know we, sh- we don't, but, you know, Dr. Spock taught us better, but there, there's just those moments you just want to go, bam, <laughs> shut up, kid, Now I'm sure you never did that, I'm sure you never felt that, that you have long suffering, but remember my personality, all right? I didn't say I did it. I said I wanted to, all right? Don't, don't confuse the subject here. Uh, there, there, there are those moments, I think, when we go to God and, and we, we're begging and we're, we're carrying on and, and God just saying, would you just shut up? I didn't tell you to beg. You're not a beggar anymore. Take off the coat of a beggar. Take off the coat of dependence. Take off the coat of allowing everybody else to tell you what your life is supposed to be and how you are supposed to live it and rise up in the authority of who you are as a child of God that I am an heir and a joint heir with Jesus Christ and I am never going back to what I used to be. Verse 51, we got a couple more. you ready? Jesus said, what do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked him, and the blind man said, Rabbi, that I might see. Number five is, get, get this, you've got to know exactly what you want. If you're the blind man, you've got to know what you want. Now, you, you say, well, I, I don't know. Listen to me. God deals in specifics. When he stands before the grave of Lazarus, he doesn't say come forth, because if he'd said come forth, everything within sound of his voice would have risen up. Every dead person, every dead cricket that had ever died, every bird that had ever flown and had died, if it hurt him, if he just said, come forth, they would have come out because he was the resurrection and the life. What does he say? He specifically says, Lazarus, come forth. He had the power... The same power that was in him to bring Lazarus out could have brought everybody that was dead in that graveyard out. But he is specifically sent to bring Lazarus back to life. And he says, Lazarus, come forth. God deals in specifics. God deals in order. And you and I need to understand that when we pray, we don't need to say, Lord, I just want to be blessed. Because he goes, which one of my 8,000 plus blessings do you want? What does this guy do? Now, listen, get this. Everybody knows Bart is blind. You ready? When you're doing this, Peter even picked it up. I mean, you know, I mean, he didn't have a cane. He'd been by the roadside begging. He's coming up. And he's not running anybody. Everybody knows. But he does not say to him, oh, I see you're blind today. What? Let me heal that blindness. That's not, Jesus said, what do you want? What do you want? What is it that you want in life? I'm asking you this morning. What is it that you want? I just want to live a blessed life. What does that mean? Does that mean you want to be a great soul winner? Does that mean you want to be a great musician? Does that mean you you want to be somebody who God uses in business? What does it mean that you want to be blessed and use greatly of God? He is asking you. He is waiting. What is it that you want? And old Bart said, Lord, that I can see. Look in verse 52. Go, said Jesus, your faith has healed you. Immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. Here's the sixth thing that happens. When you see what nobody else sees, you leave with a new life. You leave with what nobody else gets. Your life is different from that point on. It's it's never going to be the same for Bartimaeus. His life has now transitioned to the place that he could only dream about. He did not know what was going to happen that day. All that he knew, he got up that morning. Come play, so I'll quit. They'll edit it. The only thing he knew that morning when he got up was that somebody was going to lead him beside the road and he was going to beg all day long. That's all he knew when he got up. There had not been an itinerary posted that said, the Messiah is coming this way today. There wasn't an advanced team that went out and said, yay, I would say unto thee, Jesus, the Messiah, is coming today. Jesus just makes a decision to go to Jericho. Bartimaeus makes a decision to do what he does every day. But in that time, there's two words for time. There's chronos, which is like time that ticks on by like the calendar, there is kairos, that means time where God intervenes. And in that moment, he got up thinking about time. Jesus got up thinking about an appointment. And while Bartimaeus is going one way to sit by the roadside, Jesus is coming the other way. There's some of you who you just got up today. Some of you were made to get up today. Your mom and daddy said, you're going to church. I don't care if you want to go or not. Some of you, your wife told you, you're going to church. And you, you, you're just living in Kronos at this moment. But there's a Kairos moment. There's that moment where God steps in. You ever read in the Bible, I'm done, I really am. You ever read it in the Bible, says, in the fullness of time? Could it be today that somebody in this room, that the fullness of time is getting ready to meet you right where you're at? You've been blinded by everything. Every situation has kept you from achieving what God called you to achieve. But today, Jesus is passing by one more time. And somebody is going to have their miracle and their life's going to be changed. I want you to stand with me all over the house. We're going to do something we don't normally do. If you need Jesus... To break the blindness in some point of your life, I want you to come. I'm not going to ask you to lift hands. I'm not going to play 40 courses. If you need Jesus to show up this morning and say, you know what? Today's my day. Today is my moment. Maybe you need to be saved today. You need Jesus coming in your life today. I'm going to put you on the spot and say, hey, why don't you come to the front? Maybe you got a family situation that you need God to show up in. Maybe you've got a sickness in your body you need God to show up in. Could it be that this is the moment that Jesus is passing through Jericho one more time? And right where you're at is right where He's going to be. You got up this morning and just said, boy, it's kind of a rainy day. Kind of nasty out there, but I'm going to go to church, not knowing that pastor's going to go crazy. Get all old school and preach to you about a blind man's seeing. Whatever it is that's keeping you, I'm, I'm the reason I'm talking because people are still coming. Some of the rest of you still need to come. So I'm just going to wait on you this morning. the Billy Graham the buses will wait this is your moment this is your moment I can't settle for what happened yesterday pastor if, if I really step up and if I really step out it's it's going to put me out there. Yeah, remember what Helen Keller said, safety is an illusion. You, you, you might walk a little while and stumble, but the Bible says the righteous falls seven times, but arises again. There's something shifting in the atmosphere this morning in this house. There's... there's there's something happening in this place. God says, today's your day. This is your moment. It's what he was doing during the worship time this morning. He was saying, this is your moment. This is your time. Get prepared, people. Get ready. Because I'm going to do something today. I'm going to perform something this day. Father, I come right now in the name of Jesus. God, if there's anybody in this room that needs you as Savior, first of all, we just cry out and say, Jesus, thou Son of David, have mercy on us. Forgive us of our sins. Cleanse us today. Purify us, God. God, we come to you today and we confess that we're sinners. We confess that we've lived and done our own thing, but we come this moment. We say, Lord, forgive us of our sins. Let the blood of Jesus Christ wash us today. Let us leave this place different than we came in, just like this man we heard about today. Lord, we know that the Bible says that the God of this world has blinded their eyes. Let that blindness be gone right now in the name of Jesus. Let salvation come into people's lives this moment. Lord, we come to you, the rest of us come to you today, and and we're we're in that moment. We've been blinded by the enemy. We've been blinded by circumstances. We've been blinded by the effects of life. We just got up this morning thinking it was going to be one more day, just another time. We didn't know that you were going to interrupt our moment with your presence. And so we just say, Holy Spirit, come right now and minister to every person, every need, every situation, whatever they're facing, whatever they got in their life that they need an answer for this morning. Right now, we just decree the word from on high that Jesus is calling you today. Jesus is calling your name today. Whatever your name is, Jesus is calling your name. And as soon as he calls your name, it's settled. You don't have to beg him. You don't have to plead. All you got to do is say, Lord, that I might see. Come on, just tell him whatever you need right now. Lord, I need a better job. God... I want to see physically. I want to see spiritually, Lord. I I want my body to be, just just tell Him. In this moment, God, I want my future to be open and bright. Lord, I, I want this hurt that's on the inside of me to be healed. I want this brokenness of my past to be over. I want the wounds of yesterday to be gone. In the name of Jesus, right now, Lord, you're asking us, what do you want? What do you want? So, Lord, we're telling you specifically, this is what we want. We want it. And, Lord, we believe that as we walk out of this altar area today, that just as Bartimaeus walked out seeing, we believe that there is going to be a transition in our lives from this moment forward. in the name of Jesus. Come on, all over the building, would you just thank Him in your own way right now? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You can go back to your seat, but don't go back the way you came.